Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is your host, Christine Madeira, and we are back today with Jana Romer. Jana has synthesized 20 years of study and 13 years of teaching into her two great loves, astrology and yoga nidra. And from this created astro nidras, which is a lying down meditation where the body relaxes to a deep state while awareness remains online. And it's a practice of awakening to the multitude of transitions that life has to offer and a cure for the busy mind, which is perfect for this time of year and just perfect for this time because, oh boy, we aren't we in Crazyville. So thank you, Jana, for being here. We talk about astrology and astrology in the body, astrology for the, the season that we're in, what you need to know to move forward and, and how it works, how astrology works really as a life coach once you know you know, how to use it that way, which we talked about. So today we're going to talk about Capricorn. So Jenna, thank you for being here. It's always fun talking with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Capricorn season. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a wild run up to Capricorn. It has been, and all the action is happening in Capricorn. So Capricorn season is going to be pretty lit up. All right. So start us off and and carry us through this wild ride that we're going to be in. Okay. So we usually start with the embodiment. So let's Mm -hmm. keep with the the style. Um, Capricorn lives in the bones and the teeth. And this Mm. is, makes it so easy to understand the archetype of Capricorn because it is the structure. It is the structure of our body and it's the Mm -hmm. structure of a society when we look at Capricorn, it's not just the bones. It's also the bone marrow. And what do we do in the bone marrow? We're we're like making blood. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just such a vital, people don't think about the inside of the bones job. Bone marrow is so important and bones are very much alive. You know, there's Mm -hmm. cytoblasts and cytoplasts and plasts, you know, building (laughs) and breaking down and building and breaking down all the time and building Mm -hmm. blood and there's so much nourishment that comes from our bones. And if we didn't have bones, we would just be like sacks of <laughs> fluid and <laughs> organs. Like we wouldn't be able to do anything. It'd be a giant so amoeba. It's yes, exactly. So it's so foundational to everything in our existence. Mm-hmm. And what I've been really, I've been so fascinated with Capricorn, almost to the point of obsession, which is fitting because Pluto is in there and Pluto is where we see obsession. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I've been really ultra focused on like, what is Capricorn and and what is this archetype and who, who is it and what's its role? Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that started to stand out to me is that in pop culture and a lot of the astrology conversations, Capricorn is spoken of as if it's a masculine sign, but Mm -hmm. it's not, it's feminine. It's feminine, it's yin, it's earth, and it's cardinal earth. It's where earth begins. And it's where life begins in so many mm-hmm. ways. Not, I mean, life, birth is, you know, conception perhaps is in Scorpio season and birth and motherhood in, in, in cancer. But straight mm-hmm. across from that is Capricorn. And that's where the structure of life begins. So yes, we give birth in cancer, but we need the bones and the structure of life in order to even allow that to happen, mm-hmm. right? The, yep. the building blocks. Yep. And with Capricorn being misinterpreted as a masculine sign, it gets these labels attached to it, like mm-hmm. ambition and power. And they're not inherently masculine, mm-hmm. but were expressed they are being expressed in a masculine form 
where when we really look at what it is, it's feminine. And so power, again, I've used this theme a few times. It's not through force, it's through presence. Mm -hmm. And you look at the power of a mother figure, mother earth, mother earth is, unless she's quaking, Mm -hmm. she's still right? Mm -hmm. For the most part, you look at the mountains, they're not moving. And there's power in that presence of stillness. Mm -hmm. And Capricorn, when we look at the animal, it's a sea goat. And unfortunately, in pop culture, we've been giving it the mountain goat. But that cuts off the sea. And it's a mythical creature where the lower half of the body is this spiraled tail uh, like a dolphin or a whale's but it's a mythical teacher tail or mythical creature Mm -hmm. pardon me tail with a goat upper body and so not only can it scale the highest peak and that's where the focus has been how can we scale the highest peak Mm -hmm. but what's been cut off is how can we dive to the depths of our existence and when we come to a more whole and true and pure understanding of Capricorn, we have to be able to dive into the depths of the ocean in order to understand what Mother Earth really is. And we know more about outer space than we do about the depth of the ocean. And so we got a lot of work to do to really understand what this Capricorn archetype is. The other thing is, is that for masculine and feminine, Capricorn often gets played out. Like, here's your Capricorn exercise, make your, do goal setting. Mm-hmm. But really what your Capricorn exercise is, is get so incredibly still so you can listen and receive the seeds of your soul so wow. that your purpose and the legacy that you're here to leave is so clear mm-hmm. that you're not actually distracted by anything but this bringing the seeds of your soul to life. Well, that is a perfect reminder of what we need to do at this time as we create something different, because it isn't about, you know, setting, setting a goal, kind of like how we've done before something out there. It's really about that deep listening and and what does life want to express through us versus, you know, what does my ego want to create next? Exactly. And to bring this Capricorn archetype back into balance throughout humanity, I think mm-hmm. could be the revolution, <laughs> you know, or, yeah. or, you know, like that really, if we talk about people over profits, if we talk about honoring mother earth over corporations, if we're talking about um, colonizing versus decolonizing, mm-hmm. if we, are thinking about like, how do we get in right relationship with our existence? (laughs) Really? Because Capricorn is about integrity. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, is we, we act and if we colonize other planets, you know, we can do this directly, but we act as if we don't need the earth, but we're a dependent species at the moment. (laughs) If we don't have earth, we're screwed. So I know that that we would even think about, yeah, but you know, we're thinking about Mars and all these different places and, and all of this when we have this lovely planet. And, I, and my thought is always like, what well, we can go screw that up too. Like, you know, if we cannot take care right. of our own home as a dependent species who, who cannot live without our planet and without the nourishment and nurturing of our planet, then, you know, we're, we're really <laughs> we're on a bad collision course. But we act as if we don't, we're independent of the planet and that somehow we can survive in our own little um, little value hologram that we live in without actually caring what happens to this place that we live in and that we live from. It's this great disconnect. And even just coming back into that connection of, wow, we really can't live without this place. Hmm, I wonder how that might, how that might change our metrics of what it actually means to live well, to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we need we are we are out of integrity in our relationship mm-hmm. with with Earth right now, with our home, and it is becoming increasingly obvious. I really love listening to Dr. Zach Bush right now. He's a teacher who he's a medical doctor who makes sense because he's not just looking at how do we fix something as a band aid solution. Mm-hmm. When he he's triple board certified medical doctor who in mm-hmm. all the different areas of medicine that he went and studied and then subsequently practiced. And he, he was continually bumped up against this wall of, 
I'm not actually helping anybody get better. Mm -hmm. I'm just fixing surface problems. And so he, he stepped out of pharmaceutical medicine to look at, I mean, he's, he's not against it. He just Mm -hmm. wants to be in right relationship with it, but he stepped out for a time to look at if the gut biome is messed up and Mm -hmm. our earth biome, our soil biome is messed Mm -hmm. up. If we want to fix the gut biome, we need to look at the soil biome. Like he Mm -hmm. went to earth (laughs) and I was like, oh my goodness, this guy, you know, and he's trying to educate people on the importance of regenerative farming as a Mm -hmm. reflection of our body's desire to regenerate into health is the same as the earth's desire to regenerate into greater health. And so like, I I remember just listening to him recently. He, he said, when you look at a cancer cell, the approach of of pharmaceutical medicine is to fight it and kill it. Mm -hmm. But actually, if you come to it and you nurture it and make sure that it's nourished properly and you love that Mm -hmm. radical cell back into wholeness, it already has the regenerative properties in it inherently Mm-hmm. That if we can love it and nourish it back into health, it will return and the cells that were renegade causing issues will die off naturally. Yeah. And, and he, when he works in the soil, it's a three-year process to turn a farm from a chemical farm back to a regenerative farming practice where the soil actually knows how to re- process and release the chemicals very quickly if we nourish it in the right way. And I'm just like, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. It's so well, it works simple. the same way in the body too. You know that right. more and more they they are discovering how pivotal the the gut biome is to to health, to emotional health, to to everything, and how much it gets um, just violated over time with antibiotics, with all kinds of different things, with with a really limited number of different kinds of microbes that come into it. You know, especially. Um, in the West where we're wanting to be really clean all the time. We, we have a, a much more limited biome than in places where they don't. So for better, for worse, like it, we tend to have correspondingly worse health issues because of that. And so they're finding more and more about how much that, that part of our bodies that we don't normally think about is the origin of disease. And it's the origin like 10, 15, 20 years before that imbalance of disease expresses itself in the body. And so that, that the whole thing now, if we start to just band-aid and try to fix the things at the surface without fixing that, that deep, um, that our deep value system, our deep ways that we organize ourselves, the foundations upon which we live both on the earth and, and as societies, like that's, it's going to be just, you know, band-aids, band-aids, band-aids for a long, long, long time. And nothing's really ever going to get done. So you see how that's the same with Capricorn, only looking at the mountain and not looking at the mm-hmm. sea. And yeah. in our body, we're only looking at the symptom. We're not looking at the origin yes. of it. And so yeah. this is just all like as above, so below the microcosm and the macrocosm. And this mm-hmm. is a, a major uh, fracture in our relationship with life, with existence. Yeah. Capricorn season itself is so busy. It's so busy that I feel like we should jump into some of the astrology. Um, Okay. Okay. So first of all, the very first thing that happens is the winter solstice on December 21st. And the winter solstice is the initiation of winter. It's the beginning Mm -hmm. of winter. And when we look at winter, some people that are not on the cycles of astrology say the winter is the time to create. You go in, you, you create, but actually what it is meant, what you're meant to do in winter is to gather all of your life force back inside of you to get still and quiet and rest. And that's your own regenerative process. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a ton of stuff on your to-do list for the winter, I suggest perhaps looking at your timelines and seeing if you could potentially clear more space, not just for your Christmas dinner or your Hanukkah, but for Mm -hmm. like a greater amount of time over Capricorn season, over the, the, if you're in a place where it gets cold over the colder months um, and let yourself rest. Because even though there was a lot of talk about, well, the pandemic put the world on pause. It didn't really, it just changed it. Mm-mm. A yeah. lot of people still haven't paused mm-hmm. and our nervous systems really need a break to pause and look at what are we doing? Because I actually don't see it that the world paused. I look at it as the world sped up. 
and we've taken a whole bunch of actions that we need to pause long enough to look at, okay, we've done these things now. What's the result of this? And Mm -hmm. let's reassess. And so this deep listening for me is for Capricorn, not for me, for Capricorn season. It's a time of really, really deep listening, starting with the winter solstice. And then the very next day on the 22nd, we have the nodes. So the North and the South node in astrology are very interesting. Mm -hmm. They spend about 18 months in uh, polarity, assigned polarity. In the last 18 months, they've been in Gemini and Sagittarius, the North node Mm -hmm. in Gemini and the South node in Sagittarius. And what's interesting, depending on whether you're looking at Western astrology or um, Vedic astrology, when in, in both cases, they talk about the North node being an uh, indicator of destiny or fate and where we're headed mm-hmm. in the difference comes on the South node in the Western astrology. They often say the South node is what we're releasing, but mm-hmm. in, in Vedic astrology, they say, no, 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 we're not releasing it. It's where things get released. It's, a, it's just a little nuanced difference. There's also mm-hmm. a ton more different, but this is the difference I want to highlight for the purpose of this conversation. Okay. And so we're moving from Gemini and Sagittarius, which Gemini, we're heading towards getting to know our local communities better, curiosity, duality and polarity, uh, lots of different communication. That's all Gemini themes. Mm -hmm. Sagittarius themes is where the release point is or what we haven't been paying attention to from a Western perspective is other cultures, our belief systems, adventure, long distance travel and all that. Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting as a release point, we can gain a lot of understanding of what's going on in the world. If we can like look up from our local community and be like, wow, these shared beliefs about what's going on in my community are not actually shared by that community or by that country or Mm -hmm. by that culture. And that can help us get out of the tunnel vision that might have been forming because of what your local community is doing versus what other communities are doing. And to me, that is such a healthy, healthy thing to do right now because we've learned so much, but different cultures, countries, and communities are looking through slightly different lenses. Mm -hmm. And if we can now integrate what other people are doing that may be different from our own, we'll expand our understanding further on where we are right now. Yeah. yeah. Ha- having, having said that the North node is moving into Taurus and Scorpio because they always move retrograde. They always move backwards because okay. they're not a planet. The mm-hmm. nodes aren't a planet. They're a magnetic point or a um, it's like a calculation that you have to do. It's an invisible point in the sky that is the, it, it's speaking to the relationship between the sun and or sorry, pardon me, the moon and earth. (laughs) Um, And so these points, they help us to understand where the eclipses are. It's actually the Mm -hmm. sun, moon and earth. All of them are included Um, because when the nodes, wherever the nodes are, that's where the eclipses are. So our last eclipse season was Gemini Sagittarius. And now this is kind of a handoff in Sagittarius season to Mm -hmm. eclipse season moving into Scorpio and Taurus. Which is the North node? And which is the south node within that? The north node is Taurus, our sweet mother okay. earth. We're headed mm-hmm. towards paying more attention and getting in right relationship with mother earth. Again, I just mm-hmm. said it before. <laughs> and we're the shadow, the drugs, the sex, the rock and roll, the betrayal, the lies, the death, and all of that stuff is the release point. Okay. And so we watch how that is a place where in Scorpio, Scorpionic themes are where we're releasing some of that betrayal. Maybe some of those secrets are maybe being released mm-hmm. that we'll just see how that plays out to, in order to get in better relationship with mother earth. But if people are following the bigger picture in astrology, we also know that Uranus, who's a big player in 2021 astrology and part of 2022, actually I haven't finished all of 22, maybe the whole year, but this year, in particular, is Uranus shaking stuff mm-hmm. up. And so we have the North Node is going into that same area. Um, and so I think um, every time the nodes changed, it, it's a subtle yet profound shift that we see. And what I've noticed is that we often get more clarity on where we were after it happened. 
Mm-hmm. So for example, before it was in, um, uh, Sag and, and Gemini, it was in cancer and Capricorn. And during that time, it kept saying to people, dig into your ancestry, go figure out like where your mother's 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 mother is from. Um, during the pandemic, it was basically the entire time of the pandemic up until now where long distance travel was halted, right? Mm-hmm. The South node and Sagittarius, we just didn't go, you know, everybody was like, stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course that doesn't happen every time the South node is in Sagittarius, <laughs> that would be weird, but that's how it manifested yeah. this time. And so we'll, we'll have a better understanding of this Taurus uh, Scorpio as we live it. And as we go, so I'm interested because I, I hope that we get a greater reverence for mother earth. That feels really important to me. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the very next day, the 23rd of December, we're only three days into Capricorn wow. season. We are having one of the biggest astrological events of 2021, of which we've had three, and we will have had three. So it's the Saturn Uranus square. And the okay. reason we get three is because of retrogrades. Okay. And uh, the, the first one, I can't remember, <laughs> the second one was when we had that wild and crazy snowstorm in Texas and Oklahoma and yeah, yeah, where there's the big power outages. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting because Uranus and Taurus are very opposite energy. Taurus is like still life life force burns slower. It's like, uh, you know, a deep breath. (laughs) It's the Mm -hmm. mountain, it's stillness, it's tradition. It's, it's like, let's just stick with what we know and and go with it because it's not broken. So let's not fix it. It's just, let's just (laughs) keep a good relationship with that, which works. Mm -hmm. And Uranus is the innovator that's coming in and saying, and saying, no, we need change. (laughs) It's spontaneous. It's creative. It's discontinuous energy. When we have these two together, it's the energy of earthquakes metaphorically or sorry the saturn you're on a square in in aquarius and taurus so saturn's in aquarius and and uh uranus is in taurus it's discontinuous energy and it's the energy of earthquakes or like metaphorical earthquakes like earth shattering mm-hmm. news you know revelations and Exactly. Revelations. Uranus is the awakener. And so this battle, this square off between the old and the new, the tradition and the innovation is a real thing. And that's the, on, on December 23rd. And so, mm-hmm. and it's happening amongst eclipse season. So we've got a lot of big things <laughs> happening. The nodes changing the third of this, we potentially could see more big weather events, you know, um, well, I don't the time know. of the year for sure. Right. And it, and if you're following like Christmas traditions, this is right around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then if we look at the 25th on the 25th is another big day in the astrology, we have Mars trine Chiron, which isn't quite as big on its own, but we also have the second of this Pluto Venus conjunction that I spoke of in Sagittarius season Mm -hmm. where it's the, the feminine or, um, Venus being the planet of harmony of, of, um, prosperity, money, uh, um, luxury Mm -hmm. values, all of these things squaring off with the planet of death transformation and rebirth and how we understand our power. And it's happening in Capricorn, which is a archetype that is expressing out of balance in our shared collective consciousness. I guess I just said a superfluous shared (laughs) in our collective consciousness. (laughs) And, And so who knows exactly what that will play out as but uh-huh. it feels like a bit of a reckoning energy here with mm-hmm. um, if anybody, I'm, I don't think we should go through it all again. If you didn't listen to the Sagittarius conversation, go back and listen to it because it's super relevant to, to what's going on here in this. But to add into it, I think that we'll see further rearranging of how society is functioning mm-hmm. is what I would you know, vaguely <laughs> clue into. And of course we're recording this uh, quite earlier on before you're actually listening to this. So there may be mm-hmm. things that as you're listening, you're like, Oh wait, yeah, that did change already mm-hmm. because these things are so big. That's often, as you said, a week before and a week afterwards. And I would even argue that 
in this case, these are so big that it could be, you know, two or three or even a month on either end of, of these big events. So with Venus traveling retrograde, I would say that's the biggest theme of Capricorn season because it makes it personal. Mm -hmm. You know, what, where, what's your relationship with authority? What's your relationship with your inner structures, your Mm -hmm. inner systems, you know, the way that we see the world is a result of how we're structured internally, be that your subconscious mind or your, your beliefs, your worldviews, your idea of right and wrong, your, you know, how you think the world should be. Everybody has their, everybody has their idea of how they think the world should be. And that is what's, that really is what's going through reckoning with this Venus retrograde is like, how do I think the world should be? And if some information comes from external that rocks that there's an earthquake Mm -hmm. in that where all of a sudden I'm like, I built my life on this concept Mm -hmm. and that concept gets blown up. Yeah. How do you then build your life knowing like what does that create inside of oneself to recognize that you built your life on something that is harmful, toxic, or no longer true. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's where people have like some serious breakdown type of things. So being open to those changes and, and being, and recognizing, just like you're saying, like, these are the structures that I've lived by my whole life, but they're not necessarily I pick it down to the emotional truth because usually our structures are our emotional truth and Absolutely. we create everything based on this emotional truth. And we think it's real because of course it's our emotional truth. that must be real. And not like anybody's ever changed their mind before and had their emotional truth changed. And then they have a new thing based on that emotional truth. And then that's reality. And I, I people do this all the time and they're like, well, this is real. I'm like, yeah, but last week, this other thing was real. I know, but that was, I was different then. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> can you see a theme here that um, just because you believe something is real and it's your emotional truth, which is, which is very strong and powerful and valid as an emotional experience, but it doesn't mean that it's truth on the meta level. It doesn't translate into factual truth or into, you know, what is universally true for everybody else. It's just, it's your view of what's true for you. And so if you can wrap your head around the idea that, oh, my emotional truth has changed in my life and to find some of those times where it's changed, whether it's because a relationship changed or because you had, you know, a new understanding of something and it changed your idea of like how things worked or just the general maturity process. Like if you can see, oh, I've lived through having my emotional truth shift and change before. And yeah, there's some rocky road in there, but if I can hold lightly to that emotional truth and realize that that's, it's always going to be changing, I think it can make it a little bit easier as we move through these things. Because when people are really tied, I know when I was doing hypnotherapy with people, when they're deeply tied to emotional truth as actual truth and Uh that the world shifts and changes around them, like there's a schism that's really hard to bridge uh, because you have to do some really serious dismantling work. So um, I yeah. love this kind of stuff because I'm always like, well, what can I blow up today? Like what, what yes. do I have that I don't need anymore? And and I do that for fun, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, um, it's not where a lot of people really like to go because it's uncomfortable. So it sounds yeah. like we've got a lot of uncomfortable stuff coming up that can be wonderfully transforming. Um, but can be a little shaky as we go through it. That's right. Yep. Nailed it. And I think that it's so important to recognize everything you just said about relative truth versus universal truth. And, and then what kind of support systems do you have for yourself mm-hmm. over this time? Like, people are like, what can yeah. I do to prepare? I'm like, don't cancel your therapy appointment over the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> right. And whatever don't that start is, a new diet, like, like, don't right. That. Like keep your acupuncture, like whatever it is, yeah. you know, not every doing therapy from like talk therapy, your acupuncture, your craniosacral yeah. or your hypnotherapy or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're doing. Keep that going. Make sure that you're you're scheduling rest. Get, mm-hmm. Leave the you know the initial thing that I said about um, rescheduling some things, like looking at your schedule to see if you can be a bit more spacious. 
like mm-hmm. take that seriously because <laughs> yeah. things are changing so much. Think about it. If my inner structure or my emotional reality has to change so much, the thing that I'm placing so much value on today may no longer be important. Yeah. And so if I am highly invested in making sure that I push through and I get the thing done in a time Mm -hmm. when we're being asked to be still for regeneration, Mm -hmm. like to regenerate ourselves and and Mm -hmm. to save ourselves from burnout, the thing's not going to be super important anyways. So let it, let like give, I mean, take care of the important, important things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just filter some things off into the future that, so they have that time for change. And then the 28th, three days after the 25th. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is a pretty wild ride, isn't it? It is. This one's a good one though. We have Jupiter moving Mm -hmm. into Pisces on the 28th and it might be the day before or day after I forget because I think it's quite late at night yeah it's at eight o'clock at night so in Europe it will be the 29th and Mm -hmm. um at eight I'm in PST I'm in Pacific time I'm so late for you um Jupiter Mm -hmm. moves into Pisces and we had a taste of Jupiter in Pisces last summer, um, just this past summer in May and June. And if you remember May and June, a lot of the restrictions lifted Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping this time it's done really well in a way that we can have a bit more freedom because, so first of all, let's just talk about like Pisces. We'll get more into Pisces later on in Pisces season, but just as a quick overview, Mm -hmm. Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac. Pisces is the place that we return to source. Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces. Jupiter becomes much stronger in Pisces. It's also Mm -hmm. a ruler of Sagittarius, which means that Jupiter's power of expansion is being um, supported and that expansion is the return to source. And so we look at Pisces as emerging. There's emerging that happens there, emerging Mm -hmm. back with the place from which we came. Because if it's the last of the life cycle, before Aries is the rebirth, it's mm-hmm. going back to source as you define it. Mm-hmm. And so with Pisces, or sorry, with Jupiter going into Pisces, there's a restoration of faith. And this I find to be really interesting because oftentimes the way that people end up on their knees saying, dear God, dear God, dear God, help me mm-hmm. is through some kind of crisis. Yeah. And so if our emotional structures or our inner structures or our inner authority or all of this stuff is going through this metaphorical earthquake experience, mm-hmm. then we have this coming to God moment shortly afterwards. Okay. And so that's why I use the word reckoning initially when I, maybe I said it in the Sagittarius podcast, but that this Venus, Pluto, all this activity that's happening, it's a reckoning, like the feminine is coming in mm-hmm. for this reckoning. And so. Well, can I say something on faith before you, before you move on with this? Because absolutely. oftentimes we, oftentimes we think about faith as faith in something. So faith in God, faith in people, faith in justice, faith in this. And, you know, I've done some writing on this because I had a, anyway, I won't go into this whole thing, but there'll be a book on this eventually. And (laughs) the, and and part of it was the exploration between what the distinction between having faith in say the stories of a religion of some sort, and you you sustain yourself by the stories that that religion um, has for you versus faith in like your relationship with source, however you define that to be. So, you know, I always look at what is your faith in? Because if your faith is in the stories about how things are supposed to turn out based on what you've learned about your particular religious stories or spiritual stories, you know, archangels, whatever your thing is, it's still something that's outside of you versus that yeah. faith, you know, that 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 oneness, that that connection with source, which is faith in you know, your deep connection with this great mystery that we try to define through religion. So, you know, when people talk about, I have faith in this, and then they rattle off, you know, some story or verse or something like that, I always wonder, well, you know, that the the faith in the story is what's going to get rattled because those are external. Those always fall. Everything that you believe in outside of you 
that's not truth will ultimately, you know, betray you, I think is what um, Carolyn May says, which is was this wonderful line that she had. But it's that it's, it's turning us back into that, that, that deep connection with source energy, you know, yeah. however you phrase that for you, and that that's really, you know, where faith, um, where true faith is, and what, what I think is faith is always calling us back to that connection versus um, the outward looking to the stories about what it is that we, you know, have learned to believe in. Yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly the faith we're talking about here too. It is, mm-hmm. that's exactly it. Because if we look back at what's building up to this point, all mm-hmm. of those external systems and structures are are betraying us anyway. Or maybe yeah, they're not absolutely. all, but like they're crumbling. They're, they're disintegrating. They're going mm-hmm. through their own crisis, you know? Yeah. So. And then part of that question is then what is it that truly sustains us? Like right. what is it? at that fundamental level that truly sustains you. Because really, as everything starts to crumble, that's the question that everybody goes to their knees with, is like, what, what can I believe in? And what, where's, where is my personal sustenance? Um, which brings us back to that connection with source. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Um, yeah. And, and I love that Jupiter comes around to save us because in some ways mm-hmm. Jupiter is, Jupiter, if you look at mythology, has some issues. <laughs> it's <laughs> Zeus, right? So we don't want to we don't want to pedestal Zeus because if you do know mythology, you know Zeus had his own issues of, of rulership, but was like coming to help. You know, like coming mm-hmm. in with here's the highest teaching. On the first, Mercury moves into Aquarius, so just chasing mm-hmm. the sun around, which is or sorry, ahead of the sun now. Pardon me we're going to have a mercury retrograde later on in January, but then the very next day. So we're just starting to get in that energy. Then the very next day on January 1st, 2nd, pardon me, is the Capricorn new moon. Oh my gosh. I know. And we love new moons. We love new moons. It's a nice place to reset. You know, it's a, it's helpful. This one is also a Capricorn stellium. So we have a lot of Capricorn energy and it Mm -hmm. really is the sun, the moon and Jupiter, sorry, Venus, who's retrograde and Pluto. And so it's going to help us, hopefully help us to reset some of this energy and also um, whatever um, Uranus disrupted, like with this Mm -hmm. discontinuous energy that it brought in on the 23rd, it's in harmonious energy with this new moon. So there could be some uh, smoothing over like Uranus is like, well, you wouldn't listen to me any other way. So I had to do it like that, but let me help you understand why. <laughs> right? uh-huh. So um, we, I, I'm going to say, hopefully that this new moon is friendly to us. Mm-hmm. Um, Neptune is in harmonious energy at that time with Venus and Venus and Neptune, they're of the, they're of a similar love frequency, which is nice. They work together. And so they're working together to connect the egoic love with the universal love at the same time. So this is again, where, when I was talking about this reckoning with Venus, where it's like the mama bear comes in with some tough love, but then also is like, but wait, I do love you. This is for your good. You know, (laughs) like I'm doing this because I love you. And every child hates to hear that. But Uh as we turn into adults and we mature through our challenges, we're like, oh my goodness, you were helping me. Right. (laughs) And so it takes a minute for us to get there. But Uh so this rocky bit might we might not understand it for some time, but there were along the way, we're getting these little hugs from the universe as well. So good to know. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> as I turn my page <laughs> and then <laughs> after the new moon, we get a little bit of a break. Venus retrograde is not super active. And on the fifth, she's in a sextile with, with um, Neptune direct. That's what I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, And on the eighth is the midpoint of the Venus retrograde. So if you're doing some Venus work and at Attune to the Moon, we have a Venus retrograde course. If you want to join us where you'll just be so well supported with our team of people, you have a weekly check-in with the astrology and and some embodiment practices. We have meditation and movement and and group Reiki and all kinds of stuff just to really Mm -hmm. hold you and support you through this. Um, But the eighth is an important day to mark because it is the midpoint 
of the retrograde. And so the stuff that's being kind of dismantled and destroyed happens before. And then on eighth, we start to work into like, okay, so if this isn't here and I had to come to face this part of me, then what do I want to build in a place in its place? Because Mm -hmm. if we're dismantling something at the exact same time, something else is being mantled. Like I was speaking of with the bone structure with Mm -hmm. the you know, the bone is being broken down at the same time that it's being rebuilt. Mm -hmm. And so that is an important pivot point for us to look at like, okay, so here now, what do we want to build? And then the rest of Capricorn season, we just kind of have to work with all that disruption. So the astrology is not like it's not doing anything, but it's not Mm -hmm. adding more. (laughs) You know, that's good. let's throw some, some salt on that wound. No, it's like, okay, you, now you've seen what you've done or you've seen where you've gone wrong and now you Mm -hmm. get to work with it. And then that gets further reinforced on January 14th when, like I was mentioning the Mercury stations retrograde. So again, it's this internal look, you know, wow. Okay. So if it's retrograde in Aquarius, and then as it continues, it will move back into Capricorn. So we'll revisit some of these Capricorn themes with that retrograde and then get a chance to reset um, on that. But now it does get a little bit more interesting on (laughs) the full moon. And I think this is the biggest, (laughs) maybe um, Mm -hmm. not the biggest, but for the set for like the, after the initial upheaval, this is the biggest thing of the rest of the Capricorn season. And it's big because it's a, it's a cancer full moon at Mm -hmm. 27 degrees of cancer, which means the sun is at 27 degrees of Capricorn. And I know a lot of the people that tune into this podcast are in the U S and the U S is going through what's called a Pluto return. Mm -hmm. And the Pluto return is happening at 27 degrees of Capricorn. (laughs) And a lot of people will be like, wait, what does that even mean? Like, what, what is she talking about? And so technically the Pluto return is February 20, 20th to 22nd. It, it's hard because it's so slow. Pluto's such a slow moving degree. I would say the second half, the last two weeks of February, are really the peak, peak, peak dates. Mm-hmm. But because it's a Pluto return, Pluto transits last three years. <laughs> so wow. we are okay. already very much deeply entrenched in this mm-hmm. for the last year and a half. And it will continue for another year and a half. And this is a peak moment of this uh, Pluto return. Uh-huh. And it's a, it, this is the ultimate reckoning. And when we have this Pluto return, or sorry, this, this cancer full moon, and I was mentioning this feminine reckoning, it's the cancer full moon is being like the sun is at the degree Mm-hmm. of the the Pluto return and who's the biggest mama bear in the whole zodiac it's cancer mm-hmm. and so mama's coming in and she's saying hey listen all you kids smarten up <laughs> like mm-hmm. we you're in trouble you got to smarten up you got to get an integrity you've been ha- causing harm and putting profits over people and blah, 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 all the things wrong with the American dream or the American illusion. Mm-hmm. And we get to go through this incredible process of disillusionment mm-hmm. where we are freed, hopefully, <laughs> from hopefully. the illusion of, of what's going on. And like I said, it's not an overnight process, yeah. but this full moon, something, because the moons are for you, this full moon could bring up a bit of your role in this or it could bring up a bit of your woundage in this, your wounding in it, mm-hmm. or it could bring, you know, like there's so many ways. And so we're just watching, this is on January 17th. Sorry, I said the 16th initially, but it's actually the 17th. This is your stuff and your role yeah. and how you're playing. So, so let yourself be triggered and sit with it. Don't run from it. Don't mm-hmm. numb it. Don't blame it. Don't scapegoat it. Don't mm-hmm. gaslight it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, sit with it. Just like mom made you sit in the room, in your room and look at your behavior and how you're participating in the family dynamic. And in this case, the family is the country. And 
you know, you are the citizen of the country and the, the cancer is, does represent the citizens and Capricorn does represent the systems and the citizens are being illuminated on the full moon uh-huh. and how we, re- we are reflecting the system. Right. Well, and you know, when I talk to people about social justice and I say for, especially for introverts like me and, and other people who just are not called to be out in the world doing the protesting and things and, you know, kind of get called, you know, oh, you're sitting on the sidelines, but I don't, you know, to me, the, the work of introverts, the work of people who aren't called to that is really to do that internal dismantling of whatever it is within you that's reacting to that. So, you know, we all have victim stories. We all have places where we feel we've been unjustly treated. We all have, you know, we all have hidden um, beliefs about groups of people and, and how things are, how people are treated and all these different things, whether, whatever, whatever side we happen to be on, we share the emotional experience in our own way. And that mm-hmm. one of the things that you do as, as hopefully as people, but one of the ways that introverts really can participate in different kinds of movements is to do that inner work on behalf of, you know, everybody else. And, and so it sounds like it's the, it's the time um, at that full moon to really, to be very aware of the dynamics that you carry within you. And then the opportunity to make a different choice. Like we talked about last time that, you know, as, as things um, fall away, thing, new things come in. So as old models go, new models come in. As old networks go, new networks come in. And, and as you discover maybe the hidden things within you that have been both, you know, feeling victimized by parts of the system or participating in it without really realizing that you're doing it or all these things, if you can become aware of that and say, huh, all right, I'm going to de-network from this and what do I want instead? And I'm going to network into what it is that I want. It sounds like the perfect time for all of us to really step away from that reactivity and to choose what we what we want from that place of, of inner power and begin to move forward with that as citizens. And you look at cancer, what does it do? <clears throat> it's a cancer crab. It pulls into mm-hmm. its shell. Yeah. And cancer as an archetype, they need time alone to process. Mm-hmm. you know, to process the, the life and their emotions. And a shadow side of cancer is codependency. And any of the water signs, we um, can see addiction through them. And mm-hmm. so we can look at our codependencies and our addictions and how they relate to our relationship with the country, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you're not in the United States, it's still a theme. You're just not, your country is just not going through a Pluto return. It's not going through the same so, kind of reckoning. Be thankful. As, yeah, well, every country is in it right now. Right. Yeah. And because, you know, I mean, the U.S. is so big and so kind of overly dominant that whatever happens with us, you know, reverberates out into the world. So everybody, everybody participates on this stage. So it's still a good exercise and we need all your help. So please help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody's in it. You know, mm. I just flipped over yeah. to Canada's chart really quick just to, you know, give an example in mm-hmm. Canada, we're not going through a Pluto return, but we're going to have uh, later on, we're going to have Uranus transiting our natal Pluto, which is, it's a whole thing in and of itself. Like mm. Canada will reinvent itself, <laughs> right? Like we so, might see. Yeah. We might, some of the, some of the potentials, not saying mm-hmm. any of these are going to happen. And this is both for Canada and the U S and mm-hmm. I, I, I actually, one of the things that I'd like to do in 2022 is get the charts of as many different countries as possible mm-hmm. just to see, because so much is going on everywhere that it would be interesting to see. Cause some quiet, some countries yeah. are really quiet and they're just dealing mm-hmm. with things in their own way and they're not making the news and they're just, mm-hmm. you know, doing their own thing, but we have some countries that are much louder, like for many of the European countries and China mm-hmm. and um, the U S obviously in Canada and Australia, and New Zealand. And, you know, Brazil. I'd love to look at all of their, tra- yeah, exactly. One of the potentials that live in the fields in, in the field is this reorganization of borders, right? Yeah. Like how do yeah. we define borders mm-hmm. and both of both Canada and the U S are maybe coming to that in their own way, but it's both, it's on the table Mm -hmm. as a potential possibility. Now, having said that, 
it might not even show up at all, you know, in, in my personal chart and your, everybody's personal chart, there's death gates that show up throughout our life. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, and there's an exit point and there's an exit point and there's an exit point. And we don't always take those <laughs> points, right? right? We take one yeah. eventually, but we don't always take them. And so just because there's the potential for a, a border reorganization in both mm-hmm. countries doesn't mean that that will be a thing. Right. Um, right. But, and then we also see, you know, uh, more, more kind of like civil, civil war type energy. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it's going to be taken. It just right. means the potential exists there. And right. the, knowing that the potential exists there um, is important because then we can start visioning and participating in a way that, you know, we can get a grip before we get there. Yeah. Right? And it takes, a, like, it can take a lot of forms, I would imagine. You know, exactly. You know, in the U.S., when we think of civil war, we think of the North and the South and a lot of bloodshed. But there's other ways of having civil disagreement and coming to agreement that don't require that, hopefully, because um, that would be really um, a mess. Right. Just like every time I see earthquake energy in a chart, it doesn't mean there's, mm-hmm. well, I mean, there's yeah. earthquakes every day, but there's not right. like a catastrophic earthquake yeah. every time we see earth. It's a metaphor. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, there's going to be a quake in my inner emotional structures. Okay. <laughs> right. That's, I would rather do that than an earthquake yeah. on a, on a global scale or not yeah, global, absolutely. but you know, catastrophic scale. Anyways. Yeah. And then the final thing to end the astrology key dates in Capricorn season is on the 18th. So shortly after that uh, big full moon, mm-hmm. Uranus in Taurus stations direct. And so that Uranus stationing direct, um, again, it's one of those outer planets. So Mm -hmm. we're not talking about it a ton, but we, on the, like, we don't talk about it as in like over the entire retrograde, this is what you should be working on. But we talk about it as, oh, when it stations, that's an important date. Pay attention Mm -hmm. on that date. And Uranus is discontinuous awakening energy. And so how do you want to potentiate that did like it's a chance you've got a chance it's like a mm-hmm. lightning bolt you know mm-hmm. that that strikes it's like kundalini energy moving up the spine it's something unexpected or spontaneous and all of a sudden you're just like oh my gosh i had this stroke of insight mm-hmm. i had this stroke of insight that i i all of a sudden just realized i need to do this now yeah <laughs> right yeah so no, which is which is happens more and more these days and you know what a nice thing that we all really need and I don't know about you but I have found that having those little earthquake things have become easier and easier and easier over the last few years where there's not the same emotional tumultuousness around it it's like I wake up and it's like oh everything's different got it no worries we're good as opposed to having to go through the long drawn out, you know, letting go and the grieving and the reorganizing and the, you know, I mean, oh my gosh, how tedious that was, but it was the thing for a long time. It was, this change didn't come as easily. And it seems yeah. like if we are open to it and allow it, that we can take these shifts and allow everything to shift without having to make it a big drama. Yeah. And that is the result of the work that you're doing to find safety in, in self, you know, to mm-hmm. find stability and safety in self and, and the inner work that even allows us to, you know, cause some people it's the opposite. Some people are spiraling out of, well, that's sorts, true. you know, but they're also not doing so, their work. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly. But yeah. So we, we have some fun times ahead <laughs> of us. <laughs> I keep saying, I mentioned this all the way back in the Scorpio season one, make sure Mm -hmm. that you've got a good pantry, that you've got your resources available. One of those, um, one of the key things of that Saturn Uranus um, square is the supply chain disruption. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I am in Canada, there is, you know, we're, we're wondering our our groceries, you know, we just went through a a brief time where grocery store shelves were empty again, or, or light, you know, Mm -hmm. and and uh, it's written all over the astrology. So, you know, you don't have to go extreme <laughs> if you mm-hmm. want to go ahead, but you don't have to go extreme. Yeah. You can get a couple, you know, extra things every time you go to the grocery store. You know, I just mm-hmm. keep telling people if your favorite spaghetti sauce is on sale, pick up five or six of them. Next time if you go, <laughs> if you're, you know, ketchup's on sale, get an extra one. You know, just mm-hmm. the things that you go through yeah. on the regular, extra rice, extra pasta, you know, just make sure that you're, that you're 
taking care of yourself. You're not needing immediacy on things. Always good advice, especially in the wintertime, because you never know. You know, this, I I hear this over and over and over again. And without, you know, people needing to go to extremes, just be sure that you're prepared, just like you would, you know, coming into hmm, snow season and, you know, I might be snowed in for a week. So what do I need to be able to be self-sufficient for a little while? And we can do it. We can do hard things. I love that Glennon Doyle. She really nailed things. it with that. We can do hard things. <laughs> <laughs> I always said, I was in the Peace Corps. I can do anything. So, yeah, yeah, you, know, you have that. <laughs> so I lived in a gas hut for a while. You know, it was really exciting. Um, but not the whole two years, thank God. So, okay. So is there any last little tidbits you want to leave us with for Capricorn season before we wrap up? I would say really hold steady to your practices that keep you sane, whether it's Mm -hmm. meditation or movement or community conversation, or, you know, everybody's got their own thing. Um, Stay, stay steady with those practices. It's a time of, of really stabilizing yourself, you know, yeah, not looking for the external to do it for you. Um, and so if you, if you have, if you don't have that, it'd be a great time to establish that. (laughs) If you have it, it's a great time not to abandon it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and know that astrology is a map and nothing is absolute. It shows potential possibilities and we are the ones who actually play out which potential possibility gets to live. And so you and your decisions matter mm-hmm. and, and just know, even if it's little things, all the little things, they, it matters. Yeah. And so one of the questions I like to give people for Capricorn season is what's the legacy you want to leave? There what's the go. legacy you want to leave? And you can just sit and contemplate that mm-hmm. or lay down and contemplate that or bring it to your dreams or whatever. But, yeah. Well, and, and just to turn it back for a moment to the feminine. Um, because I think that was such an important point you made in the very beginning about Capricorn being a feminine energy, even though we've kind of masculinized it, that in thinking about, you know, what do I want my legacy to be, turning that inward and saying, you know, what is it that life wants to live through me? Yeah. If I surrendered to what life or source or spirit, whatever you define that, you know, wants to live through me, what, what, what's possible there that I've not been seeing? And to begin to allow yourself to play with that. Um, Because I found that when I turn it for me, when I turn that away from like, what do I want in the whole egoic sense? And I turn it into like, you know, what me as a dependent creature of this planet, which I can't remember now if we're talking about it from this this podcast or the last one, but as a member of a dependent species on a planet that has this enormous energy. And if I'm part of nature, and nature is always expressing through itself. How is that nature expressing itself through me? And it really, it moves mm. me out of that place where I feel separate and alone and all of that. And it moves me into how am I part of the communitas of life? Mm. And what does yes. life want from me? Beautiful. I love that. Oh, I love your insights. You're just such a brilliant soul. <laughs> thank you for existing. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find Jana's information on conversationsfromtheedge.net or in any of the show notes, or you can go to attunetothemoon.com. Um, you can also find a uh, lots of great programs on attunetothemoon.com for sure. And if you go to the conversationsfromtheedge.net or the show notes, you'll get a coupon code for the expander pass and um, 50% off of that. So you can play with Jana for, you know, uh, really in-depth. You know, one of my yeah. all-time favorite astronomers that I've ever created is the Capricorn one, and it's called Bone Deep Listening. Mm. And I haven't really told any of you, you got you listener, you listeners about what the astronomers actually are. But the the Bone Deep Listening one, you lay down like you're going to sleep. You lay down mm-hmm. on your back, and I take you on a journey through your body, and we go into your bones, and you go all the way into the marrow of your bones. And it sounds impossible to do, mm-hmm. but there's like this induction process that brings you in there, and then I set you up to be able to actually listen to your 
soul at a bone deep level. We go all the way to the marrow and um, just a, like a physiological thing that I love in my research for this is that the tiniest bone in your body is in your ear. The time mm. there's these teeny, 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 tiny little bones in your ears. Mm-hmm. And so your bones, they really are listening. And that, that tiny little saddle bone in your ear, it communicates with all the other bones in your body. And so somebody, um, showed me this, this scripture, they call it, everybody's really familiar with the third eye, Mm -hmm. um, but not too many people talk about the divine ear and Mm -hmm. what we're tapping into in this practice, which is inside the expander pass is this bone deep listening where we're activating the divine ear. So you can listen at such a subtle and profound level, um, that, you know, all this stuff that we talk about, it really means nothing unless we, unless we live it and embody it. And so you can yeah. find your way in through that. And it doesn't need to wow. be so cerebral. Mm-hmm. No, that sounds fabulous. Yeah. I love that. I'm always, I'm much more auditory when it comes to like knowing that I am visual. So I love the divine yeah. ear, divine yeah. listening. All right. Well, check that out. And thank you so much, Jana. It's always just so much fun talking with you. And we've got a lot of really amazing stuff to to look forward to. Don't we though? Yes, we (laughs) do. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank Thank you. you. Take care. This is your host, Christine Madeira. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.